Gary DePaul with Unlabeled Leadership. Welcome to episode 34, Mark Wojcik Leads by Listening. A shout out to listeners from Oman, St. Catherine, Jamaica, Cindy, Pakistan, Sao Paulo, Brazil, Australia, and Singapore. With that, let's get started. If you are involved in recruiting, you'll want to get to know Mark. You can find, by the way, in the show notes, a link to his LinkedIn profile, and you'll also find several links to short videos that Mark does on LinkedIn. He calls these Recruiting 101, and they last uh, roughly a minute, but they're well worth listening, and they're directed towards people in recruiting, but also people who are going through the recruiting process as a candidate. I've known Mark for about seven years, and that's roughly the amount of time that I've been out on my own doing consulting, writing books, and doing presentations, and now doing podcasts. If I'm ever in need to compare notes on business development, Mark is the person I would go to. Part one, accepting help from others. If you're going to be successful in business, you need to accept help from other people. I recently talked to a senior director of a fast rising company who said her advice to someone starting there is to immediately find a sponsor, mentors to support them. Someone who can be a sounding board, who can give you advice, who can prevent you from making serious mistakes. It's really important to find someone like that. And even if you're on your own, you can't do it all by yourself. You really need other people to help. Like this podcast series, I have guests. I, I could do it by myself, but but to be honest, it would not be that good. Getting the perspective of so many different people is very powerful in explaining and learning about leadership. However, for someone new in business, you might be tempted to just do everything on your own. You want to show that you did it by yourself, that you achieved excellence without help from anybody. But, you know, that's not the right attitude, and it's not an effective way to excel in the business world and even to develop yourself and your capabilities. Here's Mark to share a little bit of perspective about that point of view. Where I came from with this quote that had a lot of impact on me as a business professional, but specifically in the recruiting and, and staffing profession, is one that uh, the owner and, and president of my old firm, uh, my mentor and gentleman who hired me into the recruiting and staffing business once told me. This gentleman had been in the industry for 25, 30 years. He was an expert, he was a top biller, top performer. He always encouraged others to look up to their leaders and to not be ashamed or afraid to ask for help or ask for advice. He told me once that in a sales business, especially like recruiting and staffing, where everyone works on commission, he told me, when you're cashing a commission check at the bank, the banker never asks you if your boss helped you close the deal. Oh, I like that. And that always stuck with me. It always stuck with me because it never meant that I was too ashamed or too afraid to ask for help, to reach out to those who may have more experience and more knowledge in a subject than I did. 
it always made me feel comfortable and it actually made me excited to share these type of transactions with him when it got to a critical point because I could tell that it also engaged and enthused him. It, it got him excited to be back in the weeds again, to want to be at the, uh, at the helm in helping to drive business and, and, and get to a close. We all need a little bit of help in life, some more than others, but especially in a, a competitive environment like recruiting and staffing is, I was incredibly grateful to have somebody to look up to like that that could help me close deals in some of the toughest situations. I'll go to conferences. One of the things I found amazing is I could walk up to someone who is famous in the field. You know, no one outside would probably know who the person is, but someone who's published a lot and is well known and begin a conversation with that person. And what I pick up immediately is that that person wants to help me, wants to give me advice, wants to share and his or her time. And sometimes they've even followed up with phone calls and even introduced me to, to other people. So that's a big part of what I call stewardship. Yeah, stewardship is a, is a great way, great way to put it. And the same gentleman, Brad, uh, his name, he was a big advocate of stewardship, but also he was a big advocate of showmanship. And he thought that by bringing in a superior or by leveraging a superior, somebody with, frankly, with a little bit more gray hair than uh, those that were starting out in the business fresh would add some credibility that stewardship actually ends up translating to showmanship. It's almost like there's two parts. One is that by having someone helping you in that way, just like you said, it gives you some showmanship and builds credibility for what you're trying to do. Then just kind of on a different level, and it's something that you alluded to is the person that's mentoring or helping gets as much out of the experience as the person that is being helped. Now for, for him, for Brad, it was his bottom line, ultimately of his company. Oh, well, there's, that, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's that as one part, but he was also such a big believer in people building a career out of recruiting and staffing. Unfortunately, it's seen across the industry as a job. He made a career out of it. He built an empire. He built a business out of it. And he was a believer that anyone could do the same if they were committed to it. So it gave that translation of success equals long-term success. Short-term success equals long-term success. So he wanted to empower everybody to win as many deals as they could because that win would translate into happiness and fulfillment and engagement and therefore would spawn more success and fulfillment and engagement in the future. Yeah, and it sounds like when he helps, when he gives support and assist, so to speak, it is something that he's passionate about that not only fuels your passion, but also, in a sense, fuels his own passion. Absolutely right. What that meant for us as a young recruiters, young staffing managers in the business. What that meant for us is that, hey, we've got now a role model. We can we can be this guy. And he would draw a lot of comparisons back to himself starting off in the business, and living in his parents' basement and not even having his own apartment until he started going uh, business. It gave, it gave that level of hope. Hey, we, we can be successful too. And, and maybe one day we can be the president of our own company. Part two. Be available to support others. In episode 27, 
Robin Orr talked about how valued she felt when she talked to people in her architecture firm. When she would walk up to a partner or a colleague up here and started talking, she would feel as if what she had to say was important to the other person, and they listened carefully. What Mark has to share is sort of like a different perspective. In fact, it's from the perspective of someone who is being sought out for help. Here's Mark talking about that experience. Sometimes I feel like leadership can be seen in just a listening and just being there and being present. And sometimes it's just asking the right questions. Uh, I think that the answers a lot of times are inside of us all. That's how I show leadership. In my training classes, I've, I've trained over 100 or so recruiters in the recruiting and staffing industry. And a lot of times what it is is, is, is just hearing their story, being a sounding board, and, and maybe poking some holes in it, playing that devil's advocate that I'm not necessarily giving you all of the right answers or uh, instructing you on what to do that's going to be a solution, but rather just being there and listening, I think shows a lot of leadership. In, in my training classes, I, I really try to make sure that everybody knows that they can throw anything at me. I might not have all the right answers, but by listening and, and by us hashing it out together, playing devil's advocate, undoubtedly the right answer will come out or the best course of action. Uh, will come out. I like how you say the the answer a lot of times is within the person and what you do and when you practice leadership is you nudge that person towards that answer and in a sense that person discovers what the answer is or it sort of unfolds and it's you know that's a lot of what coaching is about as well. A lot of times uh, people just don't want to think. <laughs> they, they don't want to try to think about what the answer is, even though they may know it. So by a couple of easy steps to, to try to pull it out of them, they'll realize the answer is on their own. I think that's a good sign of leadership. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of business managers or quote unquote leaders are at the top of this ivory tower. They're unapproachable or they're untouchable or they're too far away physically to actually make contact with, or they don't make the time for those who really need it. For me, when I'm leading the folks that I'm engaged with, uh, whether it be in a training class or mentoring another recruiter or another sales professional in the industry, I make it a point abundantly to be there to listen. I don't mind if it's after hours, weekend. I empower people that they can reach me on text message and set something up for later that night. It even takes me back to my recruiting career when I was preparing individuals for interviews that they had the next day. It wasn't barking suggestions at them. Say this, say that, don't say this, don't do that. Make sure you bring this. Make sure you look them in the eye. But it's asking the questions to get them to think of the answers themselves. How will you answer this question? What are you going to do when you first arrive at the office? How are you going to explain this gap on your resume? How are you going to ask for the job if you're really interested in the job? For me, that's that's one of the areas where I, I feel like I'm great at leading. It's just by listening. Yeah, those open-ended questions are incredibly powerful. But I, I want to touch on something else you just said. You know, this is the idea, the antithesis of being in the ivory tower and, and not being approachable. If you want to make a strong impact on the people around you, it's making yourself available to them. And that means everything in the world to someone who is in need of help because you have 24 hours in a day as well as I do. That's equal. 
You know, it's just, we may value our time differently financially, but if I give you an hour of my time, it's still an hour of my time, you know, and that actually has a huge positive impact on the recipient. It makes them feel confident and it makes them feel more comfortable. I remember when I took over the training at my old firm, when I took over the lead on training development three or four years ago, it, it was immediately a more comfortable process, let's say, rather than when my mentor Brad was, was leading the training because I was seen as one of them. I was on the floor. I didn't have my own private office with the placard out front that said president and founder. I was in the trenches just like them. It made it one of those, but Mark, hey, can I just run this by you? They let their guard down. They weren't afraid of being ridiculed. They weren't afraid of being made an example out of. And so that made me, you know, intrinsically, the value was to me was I felt like a leader. That was something that made me very proud. Part three, be present and listen. Much of leadership involves communication. In my book, Nine Practices of 21st Century Leadership, I even title two of the practices around communication. And those are uh, communicating like agents and communicating like broadcasters. I have a specific part of the book in the chapter, Facing the Unknown Like Lions, which talks about listening and how important it is and critical it is to listen to others in a way that the majority of people fail to do so. Mark understands how important listening is, and what you're about to hear is his perspective of listening that's so important in what he does and how he leads. Again, here's Mark. Well, what I found with being a leader and how to empower others to be a leader, as I mentioned before, Gary, is to just be present and to listen. Maybe I learned it from the recruiting staffing industry where it's kind of a 24-7 job. You have to be on all the time. It didn't matter if it was the weekend, if it was after hours, if a colleague knew I was on vacation, they knew that I was reachable, okay? It, whether I was a text message away, hey, Mark, can you talk? I've just got something I need to run by you. That availability factor goes a long way. I would challenge any leader to, at minimum, make an acknowledgement to whatever the outreach, outreach was. If somebody's struggling, they need your advice, they need your help, they need to follow up on something, acknowledge it. Hey, I'm busy right now. Hey, I got a meeting in a couple hours. What's your schedule after five? What's your schedule around lunchtime? And put it back on them to do their homework to fit into your perceived busy schedule. But at the same time, showing that this is important to you and I'm not letting it go by the wayside. I'm not going to make my my colleague, my subordinate, whatever, bang down the door to try to reach me. I try to be the guy that responds to text messages as soon as I see them. I try to be the guy that returns phone calls. And I make that commitment to either my colleagues, my subordinates, or my clients in the HR arena. I'm going to call you back within 24 hours. You leave me a message, I'll get back to you within 24 hours. Now, you got to stick to that. <laughs> you yeah. got to stick to your commitments uh, on that. But I think it shows a ton of leadership by just being present, being available. You are showing that you value the people around you, that they're important to you and what, they are, what they're experiencing, what they have to say is crucial. 
that goes a long ways. And too many companies, just like you said, they just, they have closed door policies. If, if it's in an office environment or they shrug it off or say, I'm too busy. But I like how you say that if, if you happen to be busy and not available, then saying that I want to hear, I want to give you my full attention. I cannot do that right now because of this immediate need, but let's set a time in which I could do that because I really want to hear what you have to say and try to assist you in however I can. And of course, you have to be flexible with with yourself. I mean, you have to be aware with yourself that you're not going to let it absorb all your time. Yeah. Okay. There's a, there's a time and a place. Some instances I've seen where that availability to your constituents, your subordinates, whatever, can be taken advantage of. It's a balancing act. Correct. And and so I think it's helpful to you know, set some limitations on the front end. Hey, I've got 15 minutes. Or hey, I've got another call coming up. Is this something that we can sort out in under 10 to 15 minutes? Or Hey, if you want my full attention, I think it's better that we dive into this after hours or just asking the right question. Like, for example, I'm always open ended. How pressing is this? When is this due? Or when is the client expected to hear back from you? Or what expectation did you leave with the individual or with the scenario that you have an issue with? Sometimes right there you can uncover, Okay, it's an emergency to them, but the emergency isn't really due quote unquote, until next Friday. (laughs) Yeah. So do we really need to dive into this right now, right this minute, when in reality, we do have a buffer and we got some time flexibility. Yeah, I see that as being, it's just being powerful communication, just clarifying what is the need. Well, I guess it tells you, just like you said, it tells you a couple of things, how urgent it is to the person and how urgent it really is and getting an answer. I also like the idea of that balancing act of, you know, there's a time and a place to provide feedback, but asking those types of questions that you just described is a great way of helping you gauge how you should respond and and when you should be able to give that person your full attention. You don't have to have a specific title to be a leader. Yeah. And I know you know that, Gary. You don't have to be the director. You don't have to be the C-level person to truly be a leader. There's a lot of leadership qualities that go unnoticed, I think, in a lot of companies. Now, unfortunately, go unrewarded sometimes, especially in a sales environment like I've grown up in, where a lot of the leadership type of roles are awarded to those with the highest numbers. And you and I both know that well enough, Gary, that yeah. hey, when it comes down to the highest numbers, does that always mean that you're the best leader? Sometimes the leaders are the ones that are in the middle of the pack but they have those intangible kind of life skills that that maybe some of the top performers don't have. My thanks to Mark Wojcik. If you want to learn more about Mark, go to the show notes. You'll find links to his LinkedIn profile and some of his videos, the short ones I mentioned earlier, for you to check out. If you have a comment or question about the show, go to unlabelleadership.com. Click the message icon and you can leave a voicemail up to one minute. Maybe I'll play it on the air. Thanks to all those who support the show. Without your support, well, (laughs) it'd be a lot harder. But mostly, I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode and listening to other ones as well. Until next time, lead on.